exactly. We should jump into that for a moment. So private equity is known for, hey, let's take a business and let's. Uh, we've talked about this, right? And I'm not, I'm not knocking it. it the model works, right? You, you, you technically have to gut the company and make it efficient. Look, you could uh, let's take it, let's take it back. So we're not, so you can see I'm not knocking it. Google, a private equity. Company. I was least favorite in his no, no, class no. I, I'm, I'm, and I love that. I love that about your because that shows up in your personality. I love it. Like, let's go kill him. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But, no, but like Google, technically, where's if the shark? A private equity company was large enough to take out Google and acquire them, and Google was okay with that. Like, hypothetically, this wouldn't happen. I don't think. Uh, yes. So if they were to Google, they would probably lay off. 50, 60, 70,000 people, they're like, hey, man, we talked about it. the three verticals that are raining cash for us. Why do we have these other, screw that. Hey, you get your, work on your pet project, go and do that at home, man. You know what I'm saying? So that's what a private equity group would look at. They just want to efficientize so you can monetize properly. And what happens in private equity, though, and tell me if you agree with this or not. I've had a lot of friends in private equity. I've had a lot of com- friends who sold their companies to private equity groups and they didn't, they liked the experience, they captured a bag. But they built these companies and then the private equity groups would come in and just gut them and then fold up shop. Literally. So what they will do sometimes, and this isn't a knock, it's part of the model, right? You try things, you, like we've done the same thing. I've, we've put things, at resources towards something, and it sometimes works, sometimes it doesn't. You can have to tell someone, hey, we can't fund you anymore. And then it's part of the game, right? It, and, but these are, it's sad. Sometimes in private equity, you'll see, even if, let's say they try to turn it around and make it efficient business, but, and then if they can't do it, They'll find a larger private equity group to sell that those distressed assets to, and then they'll try to play it up. So the money game can keep going when the business never really kind of makes sense. That you can hide that, but you can do that in any market. Trust me. Google's hiding a lot. Amazon's their e-commerce play isn't as robust as we thought. It's their cloud AWS that's crushing it for them. I think it's a big portion of their positive balance sheet. Right. Um, I'm talking a lot, but take that for a minute uh, and play with that. What I just gave you. <laughs> When it comes to private equity, I've seen private equity go great, and I've seen private equity go south real fast. And that that balance of which is the good investment is like that's the whole point of private equity, right? You take the risk to get the the higher return, but a lot of the time it fails, and I think you have to be prepared to see it fail. And I think we're going to pivot into housing, but I think a lot of private equity is going into housing right now, and they're killing the game, but not in a good way. They're making a crap ton of money, but they're killing the average consumer. Yeah. And the average, when you like look at average salaries across the United States, it's like $35,000, $40,000 for a household, which is unbelievable. And don't quote me on this, and if my, if my numbers are wrong, but it's not an exuberant amount of money. And what private equity is doing, especially in this market, is looking at the pros and the cons, what's the easiest play, what's the safest play that's going to give me the biggest upturn, what better than housing. And they control the actual real estate and the rental market, which is ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if, if KKR is, is into this, but Blackstone is heavy, heavy into it. Mm-hmm. The lawsuits that are coming out left and right because of certain housing discrepancies or the fact that they're building in places they don't need to be, but they have the money to back it, which is funny because they'll fight the lawsuits and it's still cheaper yeah. to do what they're doing, fight the lawsuit, and they'll still make money on top there of should it. Be, I this, find that I'm not a big proponent of You're saying everything's spot on. I'm not a big proponent of government intervention, but this is one where they maybe should oh damn don't label me need to yeah here's what's happening and jason you hit everything on the point on the butt but and this is no this this, this isn't about you um although i want my world to be about you i'm kidding so um so like what what you were saying jason is essentially um what they were doing is condos apartment buildings they're acquiring those all these private equity groups are acquiring those 
some hedge funds are even putting it on their balance sheets, right? And, they're, and then they were just driving up those rental, those housing markets. So then, the, like people like us can't when we go to bid, they outbid us. They can easily they'll just come in and they have people I know. I know one guy. He goes into markets into Arizona or different unique markets and says, "Oh, you know what? What's the bid? All right, boom. Here's ten percent, twenty percent over asking. Boom, done. Now." Unfortunately, and yeah, of course, they're driving it what we are. Now what they're doing, they're going into single-family homes. That's really shitty. That's even more difficult now. So it's going to be making it very difficult. So there should be, this is the one thing, I'm like, hey, government innovation might be good. Uh, I'm not Peter yeah. Thiel-esque where I like want no government, but I'm like, there should be some semblance where they draw some loopholes here. Take that. Sorry. Go for it. I've been talking too much of you guys. <laughs> These brown dudes. No, yeah, I was just going to say... In terms of like the demand of houses now, like it's obviously absurd. You know, people are leaving the city. They're seeing, you know, more flexibility at work that they can go and like live in a bigger home and pay a lot less money. Uh, in terms of you know, relative to living in a shoebox in New York City and paying you know, six thousand dollars yeah. per month. Um, I I read somewhere that even BlackRock is doing the same thing as as Blackstone, which is you know just adding to the fire. I feel. But yeah, I agree. Governments need to intervene at some point. You know, like how long is this going to go on? How for? do you feel, private equity? What's money is yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Bring it on. I'm sure. sorry, you were all late to the game. <laughs> I'm like, listen, as Jason has mentioned, I'm like day two on the job. I'm not privy to like most of this information, but I do think I'm like seeing kind of the progression of of the housing market. I'm looking at it from both sides. I can look at it from both the private equity side, but also as a, as a resident here, I'm like going through, you know, like looking for a new apartment right now. It's absolutely disastrous. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that there needs to be some kind of intervention because like most people are just not protected at yeah. all. Or, or I should say tenants are not protected at all. Um, landlords, at least in New York City, I'll speak to that because I'm just the most familiar with it. It's like, the landlords are the ones with all the coverage right now with the you know now buyouts that are taking place through these these um uh private equity groups i don't really know how that's going to shift i mean it's it's definitely not great like especially with the single family homes like multifamily homes like that kind of stuff it's yeah, I can't say that like it's, but it's, it's, you know, it's okay. the best it's a, from like a moral standpoint or anything. Society, but right? we, we, these things are allowed in a capitalist society, yeah. and what, what we just never, even after two thousand eight, two thousand nine, we never built homes at the capacity of what we needed. So that was our fault, you know, the builders' fault. But then they're also seeing, hey, if they're going to keep lending out these shitty loans, and we don't want to get caught holding the bag. So I get it. Now they're trying to figure out that calibration, and they should. I think it'd be great to build a lot more urban housing, and then even like in. Build more suburbs with urban-esque housing with quick commutes in. I think that's going to be yeah, – those could, those could go for great, and it would be great for society as well to build equity. I think – oh, sorry. I was going to say it just really quick. It also, I think, depends on the firm. I know that there are firms out there that are very, like, go in, like, gut and kill pretty much, at least from what I've seen and, like, also one of the reasons I really do enjoy working for KKR is, like, they are not to that level – they actually like because they know that whether it be a you know a, a company or something like more real estate like an asset, they know that people have like poured like their you know blood, sweat, and tears into it, like their souls and everything. So it's they will work with them. Like our teams will work with them to try and make the best outcome for everyone involved. Obviously, it's not perfect. Obviously, like at the end, they it is still a business, and you do have to like compartmentalize the two. 
Um, but I do, I mean, in terms of the firms that are really just going out there, like they don't care about anyone. They're really just looking at the end of the day, like they'll do whatever it takes, not even, you know, give the time of day to try and work with that business mm -hmm. or with that, you know, like real estate, um, maybe management firm, whatever. Those are the ones that it's like, I agree. Like, there employee, needs to be maybe some intervention. If that's your mandate to do well, perform well at your job, and that's what you're supposed to do, then that's what you're going to do, right? Um, so then they're, and then exactly. people are going to do things until some of they're told not to, in, in a sense, you know, right? So right. this is a capitalist play. I get it. Uh, but there probably should be something. Jason. I think, I think this, this shows a variety of issues that happen in America on a regular basis. Is a capitalist society a thing? Yes. If it's a money grab, you see one company going into it, you're going to see every company going into it just because it's a fast cash grab right now. You don't know what's going on in their balance sheets. They might be Levered losing up. somewhere Levered else. Up, so this is... Exactly. And who knows leverage better than the last two years? I feel like that was the name of the game, basically. So, so, so what I'm getting to at is, though, so you have the perfect storm of a variety of bad things to happen to dis and it disproportionately affects the citizens of the United States. Um, that's based on race. That's based on monetary value, how much your, your income is for the average family. Large companies are going in and, you know, impacting the markets for their gain. But then you have a housing crisis that is just the tornado is waiting to happen. It's just a matter of time. And this is the perfect storm for it. But it also shows that America, like the politicians have not done enough to make sure that they're, they have enough housing for everybody else. Ha what does the growth look like on one side where private equity is making a billion dollars and the average consumer is making $35,000 a year? What is going on here? There's a disproportionate like, uh, ideal that is growing, and I don't know if it's the best thing. Obviously, everybody wants to be on the side of making money, but morally, just like Patricia said, is it correct? I, I can't answer that. I'm, I'm not a philosopher. But what I can see and do is are from your intro, trying to yeah, be sure, go ahead. <laughs> trying, trying to understand what's happening. This way you're better prepared for yeah. it. And I think that's the that's like the name of the game here. Like if you can understand what's going on, you yourself will be better prepared for it. And I'm a big believer in education. I said this in your yeah. class where I think that it's important to spread education. It'll I think it'll get rid of poverty as it yeah. is. It'll get rid of the inequality as it is. But how can you blame someone for not knowing what they don't know? They were never educated about it. And they get the short end of the stick when a company like, you know, Blackstone and or other large firms go in and, like, for example, in North Carolina, just take over massive neighborhoods. Like, they're buying housing in every neighborhood. And now the neighborhood next to it can't afford to live there anymore because their taxes are going up. Issues that they've never had are going up. Inflation's at, what, 9% now? I'm telling you, perfect storm for the wrong people at the wrong time. And it's difficult. It's hard to see. Yeah. Is this the first time? Oh, I definitely think... Ooh. Oh, sorry. I, just, I definitely... I mean, the market's going to implode. Absolutely. It's coming. Oh, well, let's talk about that. And I think people are... Tr yeah. I, was gonna, I think a lot of people are like, no, no, no. It's, you know... The winners right now are like, no, we're going to keep this rolling and everything. It's fully going to implode on itself. We've seen it happen before. It's just a matter of like, do you want to learn from the previous mm -hmm. mistakes or you want to keep going so with question this. question <laughs> for you, I, and I want to elaborate on it. If you're all three comfortable going in that direction, is this the, now let me ask you, you're a lot younger. Is this the first recession that you're having as a career? You've lived through them before, but in a, in a working capacity, mm -hmm. you, this first one you're living through in your professional lives? Yeah. Wow, okay, so I've seen one, this, this, the one that's coming, 2009. 2001, I wasn't, 
uh, I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, I was hanging out. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> That's when I was your age. <laughs> so, um, but like, so uh, like I, I had no, no money to do anything in the markets, but I was starting to, is by 2005, 2006, I started learning about markets and how to do it. And then I, then, then I went all in deep. Um, and to learn, and that's what I, I want to do, and I'm doing it on small, small scale. And I want to, I want to ask your opinion later on how to do this better. But I want to like put out in investing knowledge in, in little trinkets because I think people should continue to learn and just get it in little snaps, snippets, right? Um, now let's go, Patricia's your thought. It's going to implode the market. Run with that. What, when, how, what are you thinking? What, what's going to be one of the impetuses right now? Because things look on fire, right? Market's up right now, but I'll, I'll counter that in a minute too. Oh yeah, but. Oh, absolutely. But like what comes up has to come down just the way way it works. Um, in fairness, like I don't know how much I can speak to the housing market. I know obviously, Jason, like you just bought a house and everything Amazing. like you're like really knee deep in it. We can see he's sitting in it right now. <laughs> exactly. We're all going over later. <laughs> um, at least in in our area right now, it's like. I think Amal had mentioned before, people are now at this point where companies are allowing flexibility to like work from home, all this stuff. There's still a lot of people leaving the city. So it's like, yes, the housing market, especially I feel like within the tri-state area is hot right now. Like people, like it's still, people are still buying even though like interest rates are up. Like all of this inflation is, you know, taking its toll. It just doesn't seem to matter because like Amal said, it's like, well, when I look at how much I have to spend on rent, it's like, pretty much a down payment on a house yeah. if not yeah. you know tell me more. tell me how my mortgage is cheaper than <laughs> yeah. my one bedroom mm-hmm. rental and now i have four bedroom three full bath and a full basement give me give i think me, we all need to move into yeah. tell me how that story. works <laughs> yeah. we oh, got plenty of space already have in. designated rooms yeah. <laughs> just doesn't know it yet but no um but at least here is like in the rental space i feel like i can speak a little bit better to that it's it's a very emotional market, which is also not helping the situation whatsoever. And like a lot of landlords are trying to, they're getting really greedy. They're pricing their their units for far more than wow. it's worth um, because they're like, well, I was affected by COVID. It, it's kind of like- Two, right? right? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But it's like, okay, congratulations. Everyone else was too, like, stop yeah. it. <laughs> so they're trying to make all of that back and as renters, we have absolutely no rights mm. here, which is just like mind-boggling it's to crazy. me. But on mm. top of that, it's the emotional piece of it, sorry, emotional piece of it, where now people are like, I'm going through it right now. People are bidding on apartments. Like people will on list rentals. it, say five thousand dollars a month oh, wow. on rentals. I went in like we've been putting in applications, and they came back. This is the first time ever. I've been here for like five years now. First time ever, I've gotten messages from the broker being like. Hey, like, let's set up a quick call for, you know, for best and final offer. Whoa. I was like, what the F? I was like, it's a rental. You priced it. And that's what wow. it's going for. People are literally bidding and they're like, is this your final offer? Huh. I was like, it's a rental. I'm not buying that's a house. Crazy. It's a rental. So people are going in because it's so emotional, too. Yeah. So things are just like getting to a level which it's just unbelievable and it's going to come crashing down because you know with the job markets also people are freezing pulling jobs so now you have tenants in there who might have had an offer that got pulled now yeah. they can't pay the rent so evictions are also through the roof right now in san fran yeah. is the one market where it's actually they need to they're trying to draw people back in but new york city's hot Miami was hot for a while, Austin. I think a lot of these people are going to want to come back to the San Fran, New York City markets. I know a lot of my friends who are in my, my world and venture, a lot of them flock to Miami and Austin. 
uh, just because it was cheaper and they could get away the last couple of years. A lot of them are coming back. Just the vibe is different, right? Um, but they've, they've established some things there. Now, um, with these kind of re- – okay, so here's the thing. So when our do- since our dollar is stronger right now, it goes further other markets. When it last 15 years, first it was Russian folks because our dollar was kept weaker. So they were buying up a lot of our our real estate. Then it was China, people from China because in the, the arbitrage, it was cheaper to buy here. Now you have U.S. folks buying in Europe because our dollar is going farther. And, and then less people trying to buy here. So we'll get the less external competition, but you're going to get more internal competition domestic, which is happening. That's just part of the gig. It's, un- it's unfortunate. What they should have done during this thing, they just dump money to people. Um, and it's very, I know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. It's shitty. We don't know how to navigate through it. But they, we should have some sort of digitized way to get money to people that really need it. If they, they kept the landlords on pause and then, you know, they gave it to the renters said you don't have to pay rent well then these guys are like going on stock x and buying shoes instead of saving it and investing it right that's what that's the problem so people didn't reallocate their the capital that was given to them properly so then now we're running into these rich got richer though <laughs> you know i mean you know because you know we can and i'm not knocking it because i i don't mind the rich but <laughs> you know a lot of people knock on them but i'm like hey if you know if you're invest and i want to get everyone there like hey learn how to invest save and invest and just go for it uh but like, they were able to kind of build their asset pool um what are your thoughts? Unmold, Jason, what are you thinking? Yeah. I, I mean, I will say that throughout this, I feel like the, just the regular consumer got the brunt of it. You know? Like, the rents are super high right now. Going and getting groceries in New York City is unbelievably expensive. So I was reading an article that said the housing market is going to somewhat correct itself because there's going to be less you know, affordability uh, just you know, overall. Uh, people will have trouble, you know, paying their mortgage, you know, let alone get groceries and, and you know, uh, just expensing their regular lives. Um, so maybe that's kind of what it's going to, you know, it's something that it's just going to hit a wall and people are going to be like, it's not worth it. So maybe that's kind of going to be the turnaround, like the U-turn point of, you know, this whole housing demand. Slight prediction by springish, it might come down a bit, right? Because you'll see the interest rates, he's going to raise them probably not till September now. That's the next meeting. So he might raise them again. I think he still needs to bring it in check. And then people will kind of mm-hmm. simmer through the winter and spring. I think it might quiet down. Prices might come down because interest rates will probably continue. And then at some point, he's either going to overheat with higher interest rates so people just crash and burn and it just crashes and then he'll have to lower them in the spring to recalibrate. Who knows? Jason, you're, I cut you off. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> But what you just said is like the balance, right, that the Fed is trying to do, right? Are we trying to keep this, like, happy spot into this soft landing or whatever you want to call it? Or are we going to crash and burn and go into a depression, right? That's not the ideal thing, obviously. Um, And I think we've learned a lot after 2008, 2009, this idea of, hey, relatively speaking, um, if in a perfect world, yes, we learned a lot, but you know, history repeats itself, unfortunately. And if it's not the housing market, it's going to be a different crisis. Mm-hmm. In this particular case, energy is a big yeah. thing. Supply chain, obviously, but there's so many different aspects to why we are why we are in this particular predicament, right? Uh, even just housing alone, it's it's the same idea, right? This idea of capital society. You see a money grab, whether that's your landlord, he's going to jump in because he's trying to make more money and he feels as if he's entitled to something. And uh, this, I don't know, I feel like this idea of what's in it for me is ruining society. Just this, this idea. But everybody wants to be a billionaire, but the the way to get there is, I don't know, it's like destructive. It's tough. Mm. 
Yeah. And I think with this, this is coming back to uh, what you had mentioned earlier, is like this is an area where maybe some government intervention, whether it be on a broader scale or like kind of like by state or even, you know, on a more local level, like something has got to give because like we are not, we are getting such the short end of the stick and there's no protection for us Mm. whatsoever. Um, You know, it's like, even whether it be like the house, like housing in terms of like proper houses or like rental markets, it's it's absolutely astronomical. It's like the obviously with the situation right now, yes, the cost of living goes up as it goes. Yeah, and you sure. kind of wish that these party <laughs> leaders like, that kind of knew how, and I'm not going to knock on them, but like I am, but you kind of wish they knew how to recalibrate this properly, right? But then none of them yeah. are experienced enough to do so. And the one thing they can't finally came together on was like the chips and si- chips and science uh, and energy things that you know because you know, they had a common foe, China. Republicans and Democrats actually played together this last two weeks, right, with that whole chip play. Uh, it's in Ohio, a swing state, so that also plays in, plays into it. Um, but it's going to be good for America. It might think, make things more expensive, but we can then control uh, supply chain a, a bit more in the chips. Because if chips are going to be – if 90% of our future is going to be tech-enabled and chip-driven, we should have something in-house on our domestic land control. to control that. Yeah. 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 Uh, and it's really important to see that because just like you said, 10 years ago, you're investing in tech, you're doing amazing. But right now, tell me what company isn't heavily investing in tech, whether it's data overhauls or you're looking at new technologies to make your processes more improvement, whatever the, whatever that case may be. But there's not a single company here that's not focusing heavily on technology, whereas 10 years ago, they were like, yeah, technology is just the guys who install the computers and the printers. It's no longer the case. Yeah. And not yeah. not recommendation, not advice, but you know, chip makers might be a good place to park some money for a little bit. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I've been buying up a bunch. <laughs> Wing, bing, nudge, nudge. <laughs> yep. Um, you, Patricia, were you about to say something? I want to jump into energy for a minute because you brought it up. Somebody brought it up. I think I'm unmolded. Oh, Jason did. Okay. Were you about to say something, Jason. Patricia, or should we jump in? Um, if you took, so there's something, so you know what Chenmuth Palipatia, uh, um, do you get, do you three know him? I may have mentioned him in class. Say that again. Chamath Paliapatiya. He's the South Asian guy who, um, when you're a billionaire, they can pronounce your name, even though it has 15 syllables. When you're like a Thul Prasha and you're not a billionaire, they're like, man, I don't know how you say your name. It's two syllables, dude. If you got his name, you can get mine. He's, <laughs> Welcome he's to my world. sponsor, right? <laughs> What's that? He like poured a crap ton of money in the SPAC world in the last couple of years. You said SPAC like it's Tupac. It's it's SPAC. SPAC. <laughs> did I teach you whatever? Nothing? SPAC. The way SPAC. You like the way I said it. Whatever. <laughs> no, it's SPAC. You, you clearly did a not a good enough job. <laughs> Shit. You're Jason, be honest. Did you just Google him. <laughs> He's like, like, no, but 100%. he was being legit. He, so you, you totally hit it right on, Jason, because he was trying to like he facetiously he wanted to be the face of it, right? Um, became a billionaire. Was that early guy at AOL and then Facebook and then cashed out and then started launches these funds. Crushed it. Crushed it. He's done some questionable things. He's a part owner of the Warriors. He's just sold out of it. Uh, very interesting story on how he got into be there. But he just had a, re- a paper he put out, and it was really interesting. It's like, okay, so right now, the global balance of oil creation. I'm going to get into energy and we cut out. Because I know at some point we want to get to sustainable energy. That would be better. Like Elon, I know a lot of people have an opinion, but at least he's driving that game, right? Now everyone else is jumping in line, too. Elon's – let's just give him a little ounce of respect for that. Um, I think he's one of the most innovative. He does some creepy, weird shit, but he's very – he's one of the most innovative f- figures of our time, right? He and Bezos, I think, just some of the best uh, business 
men in, in the last 20 years. Okay, if you took the global capacity, this is what it said in his report, of oil production, we can really, all the oil, uh, OPEC folks, they can really only produce like another million barrels of oil a day, right? If you added them all together, that's it. So we're really on this fine line, this fine balance, teetering along it, right? So it, Russia, there's a lot going on there, right? You, we know what's happening there. They want, if they, they can, if at capacity, they can run, they could dip their run rate at, and pull out making 5 million barrels less per day and still have their economy run fine, right? If they, but if they wanted to mess with the world, which they may want to, um, if they, they could say, well, they could dip it down to three. All right, so that would be two million less than what we need. We can only make up for one million of that. I know I'm getting nerdy. I do that, um, but th- that's the crazy thing. And you can't get OPEC to produce more. You can't say, okay, well, you, you, it doesn't work as simply as, hey, let's have you recalibrate because there's a new threat. We're having less oil production in the world. We need you to up your game. Saudi Arabia can't do that. They said even if they get there, because these these refineries take a couple of years to get back online. Right, and we've kept the balance as such, where there's not over or under capacity. We generally get on a status quo for the last 15, 20 years. What? It's it's at a fine point. Energy could be an issue. We could get if it, if they if Russia says, hey, I'm going to dip it down to three mil, uh, take three million left. I'm going to offer to the world. Oil could go back to 150 barrel, 150 dollars a barrel again. If they dipped it down five six, where it slightly impacts them, barrel could go up to 300 dollars a barrel. These are the kind of weird things that are happening in our world, right? These these are we're in a weird time right now. Um, any thoughts on that? Or am I just going way too nerdy left? Yeah, but like, what is the likelihood of that realistically to happen? Three million for I think, them to I like think, say. I think Russia could do three four million less, and then we get thrown out of whack. They, they easy because it doesn't impact them, right? It doesn't really impact them. I mean, gas is almost at like six dollars. And it's coming right? down. You know, what Sleepy Joe should be doing? He should be out there like Trump. Seven, yeah. right? He should like Trump. Like if someone blinked properly, he was like, ah, they blink better because of me. Gas been coming down for thirty-five days straight. Sleepy Joe should be out there saying, "That's I'm bringing it down." Trump would have been doing that, right? He needs to get a win, man. <laughs> Dude's like just hanging out. Um, he needs to get a win so people get enthusiastic about him. Uh, because midterms are coming. What's 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 funny is that Joe Manchin's recent activities still give Joe Manchin the win and not Joe Biden the win, which is the funniest it's, thing. <laughs> it's so true, dude. I, I finally, I, you, I, do you guys? I just finally saw him on Bloomberg or CNBC yesterday for the first time. Like I've heard about him for years, but like now he, he's a real president, clearly. <laughs> and who's pay, he's getting his pockets padded? You know, his pockets padded from both sides because he's he's that Lynch guy in the middle. It's crazy. Like, what deal did he have to put in but place? That's like, <laughs> right? That's, that's, that's what you get for being in center. You know, everybody assumes that you want someone who's center, right? Everybody says that. But you get pummeled from the left, pummeled from the right, and you're not making anybody happy. The reason that the, the left-wingers or the right-wingers do so well is because they're, like, they're pulling at your, like, empathy strings in the, in the beginning. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're not, like, just center. Do we need a center? Probably. Are we going to end up on the right or the left? Well, on the right, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. I think and this is. We talked about like the stock market is not an indicative of the economy. It's completely separate, right? We've talked about this even in class. Yeah. But I think what's going to happen if it probably well, the way things are shaping up, um, you know, and midterms are coming and it's going to flip. I think the house and senate are going to probably flip, and then the stock market will probably roar because the people are anticipating more lax rules around all of this. What we technically should be doing, right? We're going to follow what the world is doing. The rest, the entire world is going through a recession technically right now, right? Everyone's kind of feeling the impact of this. China is the only country in the world that's kind of depressing its rates to what we were doing a couple of years ago, two years ago, down to zero. Everyone else is going up in interest rates. 
and they're the one because they need their domestic balance to be in play because they know the rest of the world can't afford their products as much. So that's, uh, am I going too nerdy? Should I, should I pull it back? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of what I do. <laughs> Keep at it. <laughs> like, just like, let me get another drink. I like okay. this. <laughs> This is the bottles right here. I'm ready. <laughs> I want to I wanna actually talk about this China thing because there's a few things going on there. One thing of what you said about the economic kind of slowing down to some degree to, to make sure that they're prepared to not be overstocked for things when no one can afford it. That's number one. Number two, Pelosi visiting Taiwan. Hilarious. Number one investor Virtual. in the world, man. Nancy um, Pelosi. He beats Crazy. out Buffett. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then and then to cherry it on top, there's like a bunch of cities that are once again closing because of serious COVID spikes mm-hmm. and people really getting sick. And I think they have a combination of a storm that's that's they need to be prepared for in the next five years or the next 10 years, I say, because what's going to happen to their economy? How do they can they really afford to de- have a serious decline or are they going to be ahead of the game before that five year mark comes this way? They're expecting what's coming. And that's what China's good at. They they can long term. They had uh, yeah long term long term growth. Number one, they had Alibaba type type deals or Tencent before we even thought about having, you know, payments on WhatsApp and stuff like that. But like they're always ahead of us. The tech is and I think that's what they're good at forecasting. Well, yeah. you know what they do is they, yeah. they well, to a point they would allow their they would government fund and they would allow these leaders these tech invent like Alibaba Jack Ma to run go run build right here what are we doing Zuck man we got to rein you in you can't have Instagram and buy something else we're reining people in we if we really want to compete and I'm not saying I, any side of it but if you really want to compete with China on that tech level we have to let Zuck have at the have at it and just build and build right. Uh, and, and like these types of leaders, but we have so much regulation here with the, you know, monopolies and curbing that all. That's where we kind of may lose out to these other global powers that are really on the rise. Yeah. And I also think to somebody just like in terms of what Jason brought up with like the COVID spikes again, every time it seems like we see an uptick, it's like we shut down and we don't know. We act as though we've never seen yeah. this before. And I think that's also a huge issue because, like, on top of just, like, staying ahead of it and kind of reducing a little bit of that red tape to let, you know, um, some of these, you know, industry leaders, whatever, just, like, kind of run with it. It's, like, from from a illness perspective, it's, like, well, every time there's an uptick, it sets us back because now we can't go to the office or, you know, where people are having to take off and we don't know if there's going to be COVID tests or, you know, enough you know, slots for someone to get seen and get like medical attention, all that stuff. So I think from that perspective, it like also will kind of mess with us just kind of progressing our economy back to where it needs to be because we're, we're to go two steps forward. It's like, we're taking a step backwards and not handling things when, or being prepared to handle things. This so is we'll not get new. new hiccups from yeah. supply like, chain in China. Yeah. We're also going to get agricultural hiccups because yeah. there's a war going on in Russia and, and they're not planting. They're not harvesting what they sh- typically would be around now. So that's going to impact countries like, you know, continents like Africa and poorer countries in Asia. That's going to impact folks like that. That's that's an unfortunate thing that we're not seeing yet. And also all this, this is going to get shaken up quite a bit. We're not anywhere clear. Like you said earlier, things are going to implode yeah. potentially. I'll also, I'll also say just to go off um, Patricia's point, I think we are a reactive society versus a preventative society. You know, this wasn't our first pandemic you know, in the last hundred years, we've, we've seen this before. We've understood what happens to the economy and what happens when people get sick and people can't go out. But somehow we still hadn't learned our lesson and there was no action plan in place. 
when COVID started spreading in China, when it came to Italy, we knew that it was coming to the States, but there was really no yeah. uh, barrier or like anything like that to be like, okay, it's coming. This is what we need to do to pre- like protect ourselves. So it's, it's funny, you know, I think we're going to see a pandemic again. It's going to happen, but there's still no plan in place. Monkey pox. To protect ourselves. Monkey pox. <laughs> Jason said monkey pox. Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah I'm, I'm going to do that there. I'm not <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's sad. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. We should probably start to wrap. I'm thinking because I want to. I love to keep this conversation is awesome. Can, would you all come back sometime? Just, just these four. Okay, let's yeah. do that. So let's because there's like 50 <laughs> things we didn't touch on that you know. She's like, can we talk about? Like, remember you, we had a thing going. So we'll, we'll get we'll get that going. Where should we jump into the the shit? You, hot topics quickly or shit you should know. Want to go, do a couple hot topics? Sure. I'm all go for Throw it. Throw some in there. Hot topics. I'm all fourth glass of wine. Yeah. She's ready to rip. <laughs> he he sorry no. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. um, well I mean Jason you sent me that article about that um, man who like, threw away his oh, yeah, the, yeah. the Bitcoin that he mined and it was what 188 million uh, worth of Bitcoin and he's like 8,000 Bitcoins wow. 8,000 Bitcoins and now he's basically oh gosh. has a plan on getting it back he's going to spend millions of dollars in order to do this and if it does work he's he's going to keep about 54 million that's amazing so is it worth it I, I think know. he's an he's an idiot he's an idiot for throwing it out I think he's an idiot for going to try find it again in my honest opinion it's a waste of resources Jason, it's a waste of time if you threw that away you wouldn't want to go look for it I wouldn't throw it away because I'm not an idiot. Damn. Just saying. But early on, right? Like the dude that paid for pizza with 10 Bitcoin or whatever it was, right? And that would be worth a billion dollars, yeah. whatever, 30 million now. So that, that kind of stuff, I get it because, you know, you know, he's playing. You sent the article. It was like a, I didn't read it yet, but I remember hearing this. This has been going on for a while. This guy, I know, big L, big L on my head. No, but I heard about it six months ago. So big L on you back, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, but like, no, he's, he's doing like a pure venture model. Like, hey. Well, like it, technically, right? You get a cut of whatever we find, right? Type of thing or whatever we build mm-hmm. together if we find it. That's It's interesting. There's a lot of weird stuff like that. It's like instant instant gratification for the VC company, right? You put the 11 million in, you get your cut of 100 and something, and then you're good to go. That's it. It's like overnight. It's it's almost like a no-brainer except for the fact that what if you don't find it? Who's going to – like your $11 million gone? How would you know? Right. Like you think it's in that location, right? That's nasty to go through that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> He says he has – all right, so this the story is wild, first of all, and I'm going to paraphrase a little bit, but they're going to have security all night, like 24-7, for God knows how long, until they actually dig through a significant portion of this mess. That's number one. Number two, they're going to have literally – you know those like police dogs, those like mechanical police dogs that you've seen? He's buying like hundreds of them to scour the perimeter. They have like – uh, some radar technology, LIDAR, they can see through the dark, they can see through rubble, they can find metal aspects or whatever the case may be. They have a, he has a picture of what it looked like like when he threw it out because he has an identical replica, that the one that he shouldn't oh, have thrown out or whatever he tried to throw out. And so anyway, he's going through these extreme, extreme measures. But in my And then also, it's like not safe for people to also be digging into there because like the methane gases are real that gives off carbon emissions. Yeah. Um, also, like he's burning fossil fuels within that site, and it's going to increase the 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 carbon offset of the, that current environment, which is already high. I don't know. I just feel like there's too many risks. There's too many variables. If you ask me, I think this is a waste of time, and I think that the VC fund should go invest in something else, something whatever. That, give me eleven million dollars. <laughs> 
If you're getting night vision goggles, I don't know. I could use those. <laughs> Just like Think about how around. many people, once they find out that there's... $188 million in this dump, they're gonna like yeah. rush to that place. All right. and, like, just, it's okay. over. I don't care how many mechanical guard dogs you have, you can't stop like hundreds of people that are trying to like get in there if, if they would need to or they want to. I don't know. Yeah, we should go. We're gonna see Field Jason trip. on the front page. I was gonna say, <laughs> <laughs> Jason's like hurtling over like the gates. <laughs> I thought about it, not gonna lie. That is the first time I saw you when um, January 6th. Um, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the FBI guy's listening. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, what else? What other hot topics you want to jump into? Let's keep it light. What about like uh, abortion? Wow. I was just gonna- <laughs> wow. Uh, it's funny. Kansas City came out and voted light. against something. Just like, oh, Kansas yes, State, right? Kansas. Just this morning, I heard yep. that. I'm up, up, for, up first. What was it? What mm-hmm. was the? They voted against. They voted to, no, they voted to protect, to protect abortion rights. And they were surprised. It was yep. a deep red state for decades, right? Uh, so, mm-hmm. wow, there's a win there. For that's pretty interesting. Depending yeah. on what side of the fence you're on. Um, but um, <laughs> in fairness, I just can't believe we're even yeah. like having that conversation yeah. or this conversation again. It's. I was actually in Spain when the ruling mm. came out. It was so embarrassing. You should have heard every single Spaniard tourist from Europe, like, just talking absolute shit about us. And yeah. I was like, I was looking into other, like, You're you know, like, uh, international citizenships. I was like, yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go. Like, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Listen. Canada, Canada's just, looking pretty good. Oh, yep. It's just amazing to me that four people made this decision that impacts millions of, of people. Not, you know, not just women, but it impacts, you know, families. And three of those, or three of those four were men. So... Mm-hmm. I'm almost more disappointed at the female on the board. Sure. Right. Sure. Personally. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, for me, this is totally my opinion. I'm like, I don't know how someone, how, why we're having this conversation. It's been settled. Why? Like it's pushing us as society yeah. backwards. Yeah. And then on top of it, it's like, why is this even a conversation? Like, why should you be regulating what like I can or cannot do with my body? Right, and it's setting a dangerous precedent as well. You know, they can yes. overturn other things that have been locked in many years ago. So interracial marriage, same-sex right. marriage, these things are all right. like you know um, humbled right now. Yeah, in jeopardy now. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is like the the Sarah Palin thing. Do you remember a couple of years ago when she was she was anti-abortion and then her daughter gets yeah. pregnant, gets an yeah. abortion, whatever the case may be. I, it's you know it's it's weird because I feel like there's bandwagoners that are on this for no reason whatsoever, then support the party or support the people that they're with, and then there's certain people who do believe in it. And I think that the bandwagoners far outweigh the people that truly believe in yeah. it. Just it, that's just my personal opinion. I don't know if I'm right or wrong. But it, I feel like if you're in the hot seat and it's you or a loved one who is in that predicament and the abortion is yep. something that is on the table, I, the, the fact that you're removing it from the table, I don't know. How about this for a paradox? Been cons- no, 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 sorry. Finish your thought. Sorry. No, conspiracy theories about how America's population is declining at a rapid rate and, and this is a reason why <laughs> this will counteract that. But once again, it affects minorities and, and disproportionate societies differently you know the people that are that are in the top let's say 50 percent it not it might not affect them as much than as much as the serious negative impact that'll have on the on the lower lower end of that take, scale. take this i'm sorry continue really quick on like to level it out like we can't get baby formula there's that's a shortage thing. yeah that's like what 
and, and the states who just to put that out there and the states who are going to be banning it they some of them don't have a guaranteed maternity leave Yep. So, you know, you're being forced to have a child, but afterwards... I like where you're taking it. The fundamentals. Yeah. Look at the fundamentals of this, what you said. Sometimes in red states, red, generally this is a red agenda, and I'm not, I'm not picking this up, I'm just saying. Abortion, it, usually from the right, the right, where they want to limit that from happening. Let's protect the baby while it's in the womb. But school shootings, let's not ban guns. So if you're out of the womb and you're yes. a kid, we're not going to protect you. I just That irony just baffles me. Uh, so that's and we've been talking about that oh, yeah. in different friend groups and people are it gets heated but then they, that's the one thing people can agree on but I don't know how it got passed yep right uh, interesting the the I think it was the women's like national soccer league or some uh, it was it was one of the soccer leagues I believe it was the women's they had come out with like a post and like an article and everything because I know that as this was going through a large part of it was like well it's not in like the constitutional rights grasping at straws personally from like that argument but they went through each right and like wrote out basically how it's connected and like how it actually is an infringement on that it was absolutely I'm like how it's really sad that we had to spell it out that way it's like you know if you were um, you know a, a victim of you know sexual assault something like that end up pregnant it's like well yeah that is cruel and unusual punishment because now I can't go yeah. you know get this taken care of it's like they broke it down on such a level I was like that needs to get circulated everywhere everyone mm. needs to read that because also I've seen a bunch of commercials now it's like after this came out about like men's you know like sexual health and all that stuff and I'm like that's a joke <laughs> that's a joke like yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, thanks, thanks for but taking us on this really uh, light topic there, uh, Jason. Appreciate it. <laughs> You're very welcome. Do you think uh, Jeff Bezos is running for president in 2024? Because check what he's doing. So Trump used to come after Bezos all the time because he hates him, right? He used to knock on him, and Jeff Bezos never responded. Now, Jeff Bezos is constantly responding to Jeff, to Joe, Sleepy Joe, right? And on Twitter, he's always, you know, about taxation and all this. Now, it could be one, one, one of two things, right? He's no longer the CEO of Amazon, so he can get away with saying things. He can be more free about what he wants to say. Or I think, hot take, might be running as a Democrat in 2024. I don't think he'll go far. I think he's like a Michael Bloomberg, like he's brilliant. He just And he's sharp, and he's clearly, you know, um, created industry-changing companies, very likable, but lacks that charisma, you know, kind of. What do you think? 100%. Should I go first? Well, no one else is, so. Step right up. Yeah, I think the like Bloomberg was this this out of the box billionaire, right? Oh, I'm going to fight against the the other billionaires, yeah. more or less. As much as we love Amazon, and I think this is true of most people, we coming from the MBA perspective, we've seen how the work environment is there. Like we've 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 applied for internships there. We've seen we've read the Harvard case business studies. We've seen what goes behind the scenes. The problem with America is that we love Amazon Prime. We love the shipping. I, I want to get this. I want to get my headphones in two days. I want to do whatever I can. So, but and we're looking to turn the blind eye when it comes to Amazon. But when it comes to someone like Jeff Bezos, I don't know how much truly how much support he'd get as he progresses through the primaries going forward. We need progressive candidates. We need someone who has real change, who cares about society, who can be empathetic, who can relate. How can best, uh, Jeff Bezos do any yeah. of that? I mean, this guy, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's a genius. I think that th his progression has been phenomenal. And he's been that guy that th thinks 100 steps yeah. ahead. But 
running a, as as the previous the former president can say running the country is not the same as running a company and i don't i don't know if he would do it justice and or even if he would pick up any steam i think he would make headlines but truly making it all the way and maybe that's what he wants i mean then maybe again I, wants. I didn't think the last guy was gonna win but he did right, so right. okay yeah <laughs> fair any takes on that or jump us yeah, into another hot gonna- topic they're gonna give him a, was, a doppelganger <laughs> <laughs> that can that can have that like that's not him get the charisma aspect. Who's the politician <laughs> who's doing it right? And then we'll get we'll probably wrap here because we're getting long and I'm gonna get the wife's gonna you know the kids. I know we're getting long. Who's 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 a politician who's doing it right? Oh man, I'm probably gonna differ on this too. Oh man, mm-hmm. no one. Okay, good. Let's move on. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bill Clinton who? in 1990. I said Bill Clinton in the 90s. He was the one guy that sat to hey donkeys on both sides. Let's work together, and he got things right. Bill Clinton. Yeah. yeah. But he was also past the Reagan Reagan stuff and 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 like the way that like he was in a good place at a good time, right? It was like crappy before Reagan. Reagan made it. Reagan inherited something great, kept its status quo. Bill Clinton gets the best of it right before something crazy happens afterwards, right? So like, I, yeah, paraphrasing basically, yeah, I think he was well, in the right time at the right place. Senior Bush is what happened is kind of happening to Biden right now. Senior Bush came they came out of a hot economy under Reagan, which he benefited from, interest rates, and then we went zero, boom, let's let's fly. And then they had to recalibrate because then recessionary, I'm sorry, inflation was happening, starting to creep in. So they had to kind of recalibrate. Then he said, I will not raise taxes. And then he raised taxes. And then boom, he was out. And Clinton came in like, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm going to leave that joke. There's probably a lot of jokes there, so I won't say anything there. Uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, anyway, we'll leave it there. Um, what, do, what do you guys think of this? I don't know. I was going to say Bernie. Holy shit. All right, you're canceled. You are canceled. <laughs> I knew that's why I was hesitating. North Mexico. I'm gonna move. That's that's Canada. That's Canada, by the way. You should get out. That's why I hesitated. That's why I, hesitated. I think some of his ideals are, you know, very progressive. But obviously, you know, it's something. Non-fundable. I don't think it's. Yeah, right. I think it's a little bit. We're not there yet. We're not like we as a society aren't there where he wants us to be. So. It's, it's so funny. Can I take my answer back? For you, no, no. For, for your younger, for the younger generations, it's so funny that the oldest guy is the your savior, <laughs> technically, right? Right? Because he's like the millennial yeah, savior for yeah. a while until AOC kind of bounced into the scene. But Bernie, I've said it, Bernie Madoff, Bernie Sanders, I've said on the pod, what he wants to do at the social level, at the, at the populist level, like for persons, for the people of our communities, is what we just did during COVID at the corporate level. Socialism. We flooded every company with money to make them whole so they would be remain whole through this trying time. He just wants to do that for the 330 million people or 350 million people. We did it at a much higher clip. It's so, maybe it can work, but then you see the other side of it too, right? People need to spend and invest right. wisely, otherwise we get into these kind of tricky situations. But socialism, mm, alright. <laughs> anyway. I mean, if it pays off my student loans, <laughs> burning all the way. You got that Twitter stock, man. You're good. Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> just I mean, I'll say there's no politician that's doing it perfectly, right? Like, can you, I don't think we can point to one person and say he, they have it all yeah. figured out, right? Yeah. No. So, yeah. I, I agree. I think we're at a at a point right now where we're just so divided that whoever's getting up there to argue for a platform, instead of coming together and trying to find a middle ground, work together, everyone's trying to be like, let me show you why I'm so left or yeah. so right. And that's causing a lot of... yeah. It's making things a lot worse than it needs to be. Right. And you can't um, pick or choose. And I think also, 
You know, you can't exactly. say, I like this from this party, I like this from this party. It's either you're on one side or the other. I kind of want to, but I, I'm sad, just, but, I'm, but you can't. There's not a party for someone like me. And they don't owe me anything, but, you know. Right. <laughs> and this sounds cliche, but... for president. No. Oh, yeah, do it. Let's make it happen. <laughs> Too no, many pictures. he'll get canceled too easily. He'll get canceled way too easily. <laughs> but that's that's what I was gonna I was gonna get to that the idea of uh, our society as cliche as it sounds cancel cancel culture is a thing, and you're too left get canceled. You're too right get canceled. You're centrist. You're not either right or left. Still get canceled. You're canceled, you're canceled you're like, Trump's one of those. Kanye's kind of one of those, right? And I'm, and um. Elon's kind of, but he's now he's taking on Trump and the liberals and everybody, and he's like, let's see how he lasts through this. He's getting beat. He's on. getting beat up a lot. He's getting beat on yeah. right now. So, so does Kanye, but yeah. like these guys, still people are still buying Teslas, still buying Yeezys, still buying whatever, right? So anyway, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know where it all wraps. I'm not good at running point on these things. We're rolling along, but I love hanging out. You guys are good. You're better than Clyde and Anthony, man. I'm just gonna say it. Um, <laughs> Clyde, Anthony, we're coming for your jobs. That's Keep it. it posted. That's it. Well, let, let's wrap here. Let's talk about your liquors. I think that's what we do now, right? What, you mentioned some things up top. Let's, do it. let's go jump with the Greek drink. What was it? Ozero? No. Uzo. 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 Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And what do, what do we want to know about it? <laughs> Uzo, and then your McKellen, twelve. Any any unique stories about him? Just I like the drink. <laughs> about about uh, no about about what in particular? We can't say that. <laughs> any any stories about what in particular the drinks that like we have why, here? No, yeah, why in particular like are the ones that resonates with you? Like I have personal stories about a lot of them. I mean, I don't need to do mine, but I would love yeah. to hear yours if you have some. What's What's funny is that um, so so as I'm growing up, right? I, my my parents were in the liquor industry, but they never pushed the liquor on us, right? They were never, never pro liquor. If that makes You're sense, eight, I know it sounds this. weird. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, 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 not even like even when, as we were getting older, right? You're like 18, 19, 20, 21. You're of legal drinking age. It was never something like here, like forcefully have a drink or whatever. I was selling wine. True story. When I was 13, parents had to go to India. We our liquor stores were open, and uh, it was like an emergency trip. Someone was really sick, and they had to go. And it's me holding it down, and my uncle. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing. I don't know anything about wine. I don't think anything about anything. I'm 13. And yet, um, I learned the art of finessing at the age of 13. Or like, just um, why, why this particular aspect, this, this is important to me, is because it shows a milestone in my family's trajectory in life, if that makes sense. Yeah. I know we joked about this, like graduating from Black Label or whatever. But it's important because there was a time where even Black Label was too expensive. Where it was, but, but if it wasn't that, then we wouldn't drink anything else or they wouldn't drink anything else. And then we reached a point where, hey, we can go to a restaurant, a bar or, or wherever and then you can get one of these guys. And a bottle of these goes for like 75, 70, depending on where you go. And at that time, it was like 60, 65, whereas a Johnny Walker Black was like, I don't know, like 40 bucks or something. And that dis- that disparity between where the 40 was and where the 60 was, was enough to, to illustrate success and to illustrate where, where you are in life. So there's... There's a common correlation between how far the family has come, how far I think I've even developed as a person in the business, who I am or whatever the case may be. And so I appreciate this so much more because it means so much that, hey, we're, I can see where we started and I can see where we are currently. From the bottom, now you're here, baby. Come on, Drake. I love it. That's a great, that's what I'm looking for. Those stories. I love that. Mike drop. That's drop. amazing. Mike drop. <laughs> 
Awesome. Wow. I don't think Patricia or I can uh, match that. <laughs> no. I don't want to go after that. Are you kidding? <laughs> we should have had him gone last. All right. Yeah. I'm almost like, man, I got a boy's name. Like, drink. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> you have a beautiful woman's name. I get it. <laughs> All right. A tool. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's um, okay. Any cool stories about your white wine? Oh God! She's like, no, um, Trader Joe's special. That's racist. Oh. It's just one. Just my drink of choice. <laughs> I had a Groupon coupon for Trader Joe's. Yeah, it's you know available at Trader Joe's. I... <laughs> awesome. Okay. Okay. What more can you ask for? I don't have the same story as Jason. That's that's an amazing. Story. I love that. No one's going to top that. Okay, I get it. Um, any other? Right. Hey, no. shit, you should know. This is what we talk like a piece of content that you want people to watch, read, listen to, anything. Drop, drop it off. Uh, Unlearn. It's a great book. I just read it Unlearn. by this uh, guy called Humble the Poet. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it's him. Daisy dude, right? Uh, From Canadian, Canada? yeah, Canadian, Canadian, Canada, Canada poet. <laughs> yeah, uh, But a great guy. Um, the book is called Unlearn. It's about how you develop skills as you're growing up in life, and you stick those things stick with you, and sometimes they're wrong, and so you have to do this thing called how he says unlearn, and you have to unlearn how to do them, start from scratch, and then have a new perspective on life. Love that. If you haven't read the book unlearn humble the poet i promise you won't be disappointed Ethel, you can borrow mine i love that I copy I love, but not you two ladies just me all right i like thanks for the distinction yeah, he yep, came that's up with it. lily singh and all them i remember he had a bunch of lily singh was like just yeah. superstar she's a superstar she's done yeah. um, um that's awesome i love that i didn't know about that book okay uh either of you two yeah i um oh you go <laughs> oh sorry but just like we always cut each other off. It's just what we do. We warned. We warned. <laughs> um, so I've been listening to um, a podcast recently. It's called The Best One Yet. And it's just two guys. They oh, yeah. go on for like 20 minutes. And they talk about three like, t- you know, current events that went on the day prior and just kind of elaborate on them. It's not any specific topic. It can be, you know, finance, uh, politics, whatever it may be. And it just gives you some new, like, factoids to talk about when you're, like, conversing with people. And it's just 20 minutes long. So when I'm walking to the grocery store, I'll just put it in and, and learn three new things awesome. that day. So the it's Robin called Hood the best dudes. one yet. The best one yet. They're the Robin Hood yes. dudes, right? Love- Ex-Robin yes. or something like that? There's some yep. story there? Okay. I know you. They I, used to be sponsored by them, I think, and then they went off and started their gotcha. own thing. I think they acquired. That's why I knew about that. I think they acquired them because I beat up on Robinhood a lot. I pr- I've been pro and con about Robinhood as a business model, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be fair. But yeah, I know, that's where I know them from. Okay, I know you talk about. It. Okay, that's great, Patricia. Mm-hmm. I just looked it up to save it. Um, <laughs> I listen to podcast Whiskey Hue. No. <laughs> <Go on. laughs> oh, suck up. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Um, no, no. I feel like recently I haven't had a time. Okay, over the <laughs> um, I haven't had a lot of time to do readings and podcasts. I'm aside from work with like the department. I'm studying for some of my series exams. But uh, on the more recent end of books that I have read, it's actually kind of similar to Jason. It was um, it's a little bit probably a while ago, but I really loved the book, like Thinking Fast and Slow. And just it basically puts together like the psychological piece of the human mind, especially like as a consumer, understand like that left right association in terms of like also like with the economy or like any really anything in life. There's not like a specific, um, you know, tie to it. But I mean, I just really enjoy that kind of stuff. I think it's really good insight into just like 
the, the wiring of brains as it is. So I'd recommend that one, but I'll have a better answer no, next time. It. Since you have books, we had a podcast. I'm just going to do, I, I'm going to deviate here a little bit. I'm going to do some Twitter accounts. There's some good investing business <laughs> advice that I like. I'm a big Twitter guy. I'm a nerd. I have someone who posts on Instagram for me. I get on once in a while to try to see what she's doing. She's amazing. Um, I'm trying to get on more often. That's, that sounds horrible, right? I actually do. I give her the content. And she makes it pretty. <laughs> and she posts it. Wait, time out. So the person I'm speaking to on Instagram is not you? No, it, it is me. No, it is. So I'll get in, but I have to get in more regularly. I'm just lazy about it. But I give her the I give her all this finance advice. And I post it because I want to educate people. But um, that don't, don't you don't need to follow me. Zero hedge. Gary Tan, Patrick Collison, Patrick C, um, Sahil Bloom. If you, if you, if, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're all pulling out our phones. <laughs> like, so if you don't like, if you know, like on Twitter, they have these things called threads now. You, you, if mm-hmm. you follow them, sure. Sahil Bloom yeah. was one of the first guys to popularize that. He's like this half Irish, half Desi Indian guy, blew out his shoulder at Stanford, used to work out and met, ran into Tim Cook, became his mentor, pulling everything, Patricia, everything that you said, we said up top. And and then he started doing this. He goes, I got a good idea for business. I think I can just do threads. I can bypass the character limit and make them, okay, I'm going to give you a list of things that you could follow into on Twitter threads. You can put like, put like eight Twitter tweets together and just give you semblances of information, like outline format. It's really dope. Um, I like that. I'm going to start doing that too with, my finance for my two fan, my two fans and I, so I can get it out there but I think he's he's that guy and Fred Wilson he's a New Yorker through and through he's like our god in the venture world um, he's been publishing for decades he's a good guy to follow that's all Some ring. and Dreesen Horowitz too I, I know I push that down your throats in class a lot of course he's, of he's, course. he's the man and Keith Raboy who's that right. <laughs> check, check them out alright alright we'll get out um, thank you so much these three like we were supposed to record for an hour we went an hour over just because you guys are so dope, all you ladies and gents, man. I mean, it was just amazing. I appreciate it. I want you all back, um, and we're gonna, you know, fire the other cats. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> I'm just kidding. Anthony and he, Clyde are they're gonna be there. Recession hits hard. Anthony and Clyde are looking for a podcast co-host job because um, they're out of one now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but thank you so much, Jason, Patricia, Amol. Uh, loved having you. Love seeing your faces again. And let's get a grab a drink soon too, in person. 100. Definitely. Yes, please. Thank you, thank you so much for having. Yes, us. thank you. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Take it easy, doctor. For sure. <laughs> you know it. <laughs>